welcome back to Pod Hates Louisa, a podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. So first of all, I just want to say thank you all a heck of a lot for listening to my last episode. It was a very personal and important episode because I was speaking my truth, but seriously, it was just very important for me to get that all out, and I know it was a long one. I'm impressed that it got as much engagement as it did. Apparently, y'all's attention spans are better than I thought. So congratulations, you are not just the TikTok generation with the attention span of a goldfish. I feel like that's kind of insulting to goldfish, actually. What is a goldfish's actual attention span? Time Magazine says nine seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right for, like, a lot of Zoomers. Oh, also, I recently saw this new Studio Ghibli movie. Is it is it Ghibli or is it Ghibli? Like, is it GIF or JIF? I'm a strong advocate of the fact that it's GIF. Like, I will die on this hill. But feel free to argue with me and make a case for the other one. Anyway, the Studio Ghibli movie is called The Boy and the Heron, and I feel like it related to this episode's topic because it has a lot of themes of like birth and death and reincarnation and there were these little creatures in it called wada wada which look like little white blobs with like very simple faces like they kind of look like mochi to me and when they're mature they suck in a bunch of air like little balloons and then they float up into the sky to be born as people so they're kind of like babies or they're like baby souls anyway that movie was an artistic masterpiece and you should definitely go check it out the animation was crazy the wada wada also remind me of like the little soot sprites from my neighbor Totoro. So if you're a fan of that movie or any other Studio Ghibli movies, definitely check out The Boy and the Heron. This episode was not sponsored by Hayao Miyazaki, but he is an amazing animator. And they've been saying that that's going to be his last movie, but also he's the kind of person who just has to keep on keep on working basically until he dies so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out with something else before you know the bitter end I feel like I'm gonna be that way too like I will be doing this podcast on my deathbed by the way so be prepared for that hopefully it won't be anytime soon but let's go very far away from death and start talking about babies so today's episode is going to be all about neoteny And I feel like first I have to explain what neoteny is, because it's not a very common word. So, when I think of neoteny, I think of axolotls. Axolotls are a type of aquatic salamander, and they're really cute, but they're also, like, really creepy. They have little beady eyes and a big mouth, and they basically look like a smiley face emoji a lot of the time. There's a really creepy short story called Axolotl by Julio Cortazar, but I guess some people think axolotls are really cute. And they're neotenous, because neoteny is basically the state of looking like a child or a baby when you're actually a fully grown adult. So the axolotl, when it's sexually mature, is still basically a giant larva. They just keep their larval form. It's like if all human adults looked like big children. And I believe another word for this in the scientific world is pedomorphism, but it's spelled like pedomorphism, like P-A-E. And it's so funny to me how like British scientific words just have extra letters in them. Like pedophile is spelled paedophile and esophagus is spelled oesophagus with an o in the front and fetus is spelled f-o-e-t-u-s like foetus i guess it's like more accurate to the original latin if you spell things that way but as an american it's just extremely funny to me I feel like we should streamline our scientific language a little bit. But anyway, so axolotls are a really good example of neoteny in the animal world. So the reason people think axolotls are so cute is because they share a lot of common attributes with baby animals, and human beings have all of these things that we think are cute, especially about, like, baby mammals. Like, we can find something to connect the baby animal with a baby human. We can find commonalities between babies of many different species, and that quality of being like a baby is just 
adorable to human beings. So I got a lot of good information from this University of Oxford article called How Cute Things Hijack Our Brains and Drive Behavior. And behavior was spelled the British way, so I guess it was a British article. This episode was sponsored by the UK. But one of the first things that almost all babies have in common is big eyes. So apparently eyes grow the most during the first two years of our lifetimes and then during puberty they also have like a growth spurt and there's this myth that eyes are fully grown at birth which is definitely not true but the eyes do usually stop actively increasing in size and just kind of maintain their size once you get into your 20s or so so your eyes won't like necessarily keep growing throughout your entire life but i'm pretty sure your nose does like your nose and ears are supposed to just keep keep trucking along but anyway a lot of babies have big eyes think of almost any baby animal and it'll have big eyes and baby humans definitely also have big eyes so another thing is big heads there's this general disproportionality to a lot of babies and the example that comes to mind for me is a baby bird because baby birds eyes and beaks are so huge and their heads are kind of big and their bodies are so tiny and shriveled so they look like little lollipops and their skin is so pink and vulnerable and they're just kind of ugly cute like their lack of proportionality makes them kind of like ugly or disturbing but also they're so tiny and they're so vulnerable that you just have to you just got to see them as babies another common feature of a lot of babies is physical softness so like soft skin and warm squishy little bodies why do i sound like a serial killer when i'm talking about babies that is not okay anyway babies have warm squishy little soft bodies like their skin is like dough it's so satisfying to squish and there's that common saying like you want your skin to look like a baby's ass like you want your skin to be as smooth as a baby's bottom do with that what you will humans want soft skin we like soft skin we like babies we're basically buffalo bill from the silence of the lambs we're obsessed with skin so i think the reason these babies are so compelling to us is because baby birds and baby mammals especially baby humans require a lot of attention and care and they're very vulnerable to predators at this time in their life so they have to find a way to get our attention and trigger sympathetic responses and studies have shown that even just the sight of a baby's face can trigger near instantaneous activity in the orbitofrontal cortex of adult brains so seeing a baby makes your brain have a reaction within milliseconds that has you produce like positive emotions basically something about the proportions of a baby's face just make you feel protective humans also prefer cuter babies to less cute babies don't ask me how they defined cuteness in that study because i do not know but humans are more likely to adopt or give gifts to babies that have more features of cuteness and this is why charities love to use images of babies and kids in their donation drives and this is also why politicians love to instill moral panic about cabals of pedophiles and child trafficking because protecting children makes you more appealing as a person. It's a form of virtue signaling, basically. And I'm not saying that everyone who cares about children is virtue signaling, um, but that's the reason that so many public figures try to associate themselves with protecting children. A lot of them are trying to distract from the fact that they're doing extremely shady things and they want to have this positive public image of like kissing babies, just like protect the children, save the children. Everyone is out to get the children. They're vulnerable. So a phenomenon I've noticed is that humans tend to like things about other humans that remind us of babies. And my theory is that this is because babies are non-threatening. So people with baby faces or shiny bald heads or round full cheeks make us feel safer when we're around them because we feel like they could never hurt us. They're just babies. Some other baby-like features like huge eyes and clumsiness are more ambiguous in terms of how they're viewed by society 
society, but I would say that both can definitely be seen as cute. Like, I'm sure that people with huge eyes get made fun of a lot, like Emma from Glee, but I would say it's definitely more of like a favored thing according to beauty standards. The clumsiness is interesting. So I like personally trip over my own feet all the time, and my entire life I felt like I'm just really awkward, but the people close to me seem to find this endearing, and I have gotten more coordinated since I started incorporating more hip-hop dance into my lifestyle and doing some like agility-focused drills, practicing my footwork, and stuff like that. But I think another one of the major reasons why I trip over my feet is because I wear giant shoes a lot of the time because I'm short and I just love the look of like huge chunky shoes. So that certainly doesn't make me any less of a trip hazard. And I feel like oversized or undersized clothing further contributes to the playful style of dress that people associate with babies and little kids. Basically, it's kind of in vogue right now to look like a kid who picked out this fuck-ass outfit for themselves because their parents let them dress themselves before they, like, learned the rules and conventions of fashion, which was the case for me as a kid. My parents let me pick out my own outfits, and they were really something. Like, honestly, I was kind of killing it. But even if my outfit was, like ugly as hell like I'm still a cute little kid so people are gonna find it adorable instead of like garish and hideous unless they're like serious fashion snobs and they're so annoying that they would criticize like a child's fashion choices but if a baby and an adult were wearing like the exact same outfit like the adult would probably get criticized for it like if an adult were wearing a onesie in public I feel like people would be like, oh, why is she in her PJs? Like, why why are they outside of the house in a onesie? But babies get to be outside the house in onesies all the time. Complete double standard. Anyway, I think there is this prevailing fashion style that kind of resembles Harajuku fashion and Japanese street style, as well as, like, drawing inspiration from American and European Y2K aesthetics. So, like, early 2000s inspired outfits with a lot of layering and fun accessories are kind of this like baby or kid chic look and the main creator that comes to mind when i think of this aesthetic is Aaliyah's interlude who wears a lot of like earmuffs and hand warmers and leg warmers and chunky shoes but there are so many people online who dress themselves according to this style i've also heard it called dopamine dressing as in just wearing clothes that make you feel happy and it's as simple as that like literally just pick out whatever accessories and items from your closet make you happy and you really can't go wrong like if someone else doesn't like an outfit that is full of things you love and that makes you happy like fuck them don't listen to them but our cultural obsession with looking like a child or looking younger than we are goes way deeper than our fashion choices i noticed that in the hospital i trusted doctors more if they were clean shaven and had a baby face and that the nurses who could pass for students were more vulnerable to harassment by the patients and were also just being treated like teenagers in general like people treated them as if they weren't capable of taking care of patients or they weren't capable of doing their jobs so in short young Younger looking people were less intimidating to me and the other patients and probably received less respect, but they were also somewhat protected by the fact that they were unimposing because no one wants to feel threatened by their doctor. Like, I think you're more likely to listen to a doctor if they have like a gentle approach to medicine, although maybe I'm completely wrong about that. Maybe some people like to be yelled at and degraded by their doctor, but you do you, I guess. But patients did seem to feel more comfortable being around people who looked younger and felt more comfortable like opening up to them. Them, telling them about their problems and I think people who look younger than they are also receive a lot of compliments about it even if they've done nothing to try to look youthful and even if they would like to look older to be taken more seriously like being young isn't something that you do it's not something that you choose for yourself it's just a, a fact of life so even people who don't put effort into anti-aging stuff 
will still probably get complimented on looking young, which is a weird place to be in because it's just like, I don't know, we don't compliment people for being old, but we compliment them for being young. We should be complimenting people for being old. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, I almost just said gumption. Okay, I guess I'm going with it. I'm just going to use old people slang now. It takes a lot of gumption to survive that many years on earth. Go compliment the old people in your life, people. Anyway, people who look young often find ways to capitalize on their neotenous appearances by like being actors in high school shows, going on Riverdale. Although the people on Riverdale do not look like they're in high school. But anyway, people who look younger than they are often become like actors or other types of performers. And one thing that comes to mind is the adult film industry, like porn, because actors who look younger do seem to have a distinct advantage in terms of garnering viewership. Like, they want adults who look like teenagers or who can pass for teens, which is really fucked up. And this sexualization of youthful features puts real kids at risk, because even looking young doesn't mean that you're safe from objectification anymore. It's not enough to protect you. And I remember this one time my little sister got catcalled by some randos outside, and like, one thing you're you're not gonna do is catcall my underage sister. So I screamed like she's 14 or something just to make them squirm, even though she is a little bit older than that. And I would not say my sister looks like an adult. Like she definitely looks like a high schooler. And I've been told that I could still pass for a high schooler too. And I definitely also used to get catcalled in high school. And interestingly, I've noticed that since my gender presentation has become more non-binary, I've been getting catcalled substantially less. I think it's also like a cultural thing. Like catcalling is kind of going out of style since like the me too era but i think dressing mask or dressing to look like a little boy can be a coping strategy for dealing with sexual harassment because i don't know people don't think of me as sexual when i'm wearing clothes that remind them of like a little boy but for some reason dressing like a little girl doesn't keep you safe from sexual predation and will probably get you more sexualized which is heartbreaking like it's ridiculous that we sexualize like little girl outfits and like schoolgirl outfits and we don't sexualize like quote little boy outfits makes no fucking sense anyway another industry in which neoteny is tied to career success is the k-pop industry so interestingly like when idols are like 15 years old they often look older than they are but but I would say that the vast majority of K-pop idols look younger than they are. Like, some idols are already in their 30s, and they could still pass for, like, young 20-somethings or teenagers. And Korean beauty standards include, like, big eyes, small faces relative to your head, and baby smooth skin, and idols are expected to conform to those standards and maintain that youthful appearance no matter the cost. And this often involves getting things like double eyelid surgery to make their eyes appear bigger and more wide open. And I'm not really going to get into plastic surgery in this episode, but the entire cosmetic industry is extremely tied to neoteny. People are always trying to figure out ways to look younger and to stop aging. But it's also important to note that some people don't think neotenous features are the gold standard for beauty. Some people, like Young Gravy, are the opposite and love MILFs. And everyone has different romantic and sexual preferences, as well as different sets of features that make us feel comfortable. And not everyone thinks that neoteny makes you more beautiful or desirable. And there's definitely something to be said for finding beauty in natural aging. Like, my mom, for example, doesn't dye her hair, and it's this beautiful silver color. And I think my mom's hair is so gorgeous. And I hope that when my hair goes gray, it turns that same color, because it looks really fucking cool. The bottom line is... You do not have to spend your entire life trying to look younger, and if you're one of those people who just looks younger than they are, stay safe out there. It's a dangerous place for us. It's a dangerous place for tiny adults, but 
I hope you can get a gig on, like, Riverdale or Euphoria or one of those shows where they have 25-year-old teenagers. Anyway, that has been today's episode on Neotony. Go look up pictures of axolotls. Go look up pictures of baby animals. Do something that gives your brain some dopamine today. And I will talk to you next week. Louisa Miller out.